0: following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrum and
1: Stank. Bang, bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 88 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. Stank? Ah, Uh, happy Easter. I don't celebrate it, but it's Easter.
2: Uh- he has risen and by he I mean uh Shredder. Yeah.
1: I spent most of my days posting Easter memes. Um I-, I knew I had to at some point post post the uh, video of uh Jane and Dylan Bob beating up the Easter bunny from Mallrats. That was uh oh. that was the one thing that I was like, all right, I gotta do that. I was also unaware that ex- today exactly was Easter Sunday until like I mentioned to you I was trying to go to Target and uh not open yeah unfortunately uh but dave I'm, I'm very excited about this week's particular episode 88 it's a, it's a big occasion um yeah. but before we get to anything though i actually i, I needed to give a shout out to uh, all the patrons of the show of course uh this is the pwt cast the official podcast of pro wrestling tees and uh you know aside from the monthly monthly the weekly episodes that you and i we drop every monday uh wherever you get your podcasts um, we have a Patreon as well. You know, we have, uh, Go Scrump and Stank, as well as Scrump and Stank's Family Video. And, uh, you know, those are made possible to us by all the wonderful patrons over. And, uh, so, of course, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kohlenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, Ryan Mears, Neil Flanagan, our man Neil, uh, Shannon Howenick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian Urbina, Anthony Torres, and, uh, <laughs> Dave, we have two new patrons this week. Ooh. Yeah, very excited when I saw their very excited when I saw their names pop up. The first being uh Brandon from New Jersey. I know you have not had many of any encounters with Brandon from New Jersey. Um but I love Brandon. Brandon from New Jersey is one of my favorite people ever. And uh I say one of my favorite people because um this next patron, another one of my favorite people also this guy works so fucking hard like if you th- like sometimes i'll sit there and be like man we podcast so much this guy podcasts way much more he's the host of the long and winding the long and winding royal road post perez mcu later he's uh you know a stable over at post wrestling our friends over at post wrestling he's the great and powerful wh park and uh we're we're, we're lucky enough that he's this week's guest wh park my man how are you doing
0: Oh, hey Berto, hey Dave, how are you? Can I just say something? If I knew I was gonna join the Patreon at the same time as Brandon from New Jersey, I would have waited a week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys literally both joined like at the like Brandon joined and then you joined right away, and I was just like, oh yeah, fuck yeah! Like I, I was so happy because uh, of course like anytime you get patrons, we're we're so you know we love it. But like you two guys specifically are are big are big supporters of us, so I was very happy to see your guys' names pop up
0: i think i've mentioned that motherfucker like three times this week on podcasts
1: (laughs) that guy listen that guy has been all over the place as far as podcasts go he's podcasting with ariel hawani and i heard about that yeah you guys all over the place uh but wh we're really happy like for a while Dave and i would always just be like hey we should have wh back on we should have wh back on and then finally like last week we were like all right let's just stop talking about it and do it um yeah specifically because like uh, with as much like Marvel talk as we do weekly, I'm like, like I, I've mentioned it before, yourself and uh, friend of the show, Waiting the Cowboy Waiting, um, you guys do uh, MCU later, which uh, you guys just go through. You guys started out going through Wandavision, and you guys are now going through the Falcon Winter Soldier. And one of my favorite things about that is like at the end of every podcast, you'll give like comic book recommendations, and like you have just such an encyclopedia like knowledge about all these things that, like. I sometimes I sit there and I'm like man I gotta fucking read more comic books
0: it's called being a nerd <laughs> <laughs> well, well see like I
1: was very much like um, like into all this shit when I was younger but um, like I was talking about it with my parents earlier like we like we didn't grow up poor but we were just kind of like lower middle class so it was a lot of like oh you can go to the library and like check out books but like the library that we went to didn't really have comic books or even like graphic novels I'm sure maybe they had some but like i sure sure couldn't find it like the closest thing i remember is they had a lot of um pokemon uh, manga but i was just like well i don't want to read pokemon like i want to watch pokemon so i didn't really ever check out any of that stuff um but yeah like now that i'm over like I actually just the other day picked up and it was like on your recommendation from a while back it was like house of x it was like the a-
0: okay uh, the house house of x dawn of x powers of x that kind of thing yeah so yeah the recent thing by Jonathan Hickman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, shit's good, dude. Like, you know, like, my my i my childhood was filled with comics because, like, I lived the, you know, the Korean immigrant uh, stereotype of having parents who owned a convenience store. So we had comics coming in, like, from the, you know, the distributor that mm-hmm. supplied us with magazines and such, and, they, and we got comic books. So my parents were just like, okay, you, you're working at the store, so part of your pay is, like, you can take – any comic you want. So I, you know, we got, you know, Marvel and DCs. So I would build my collection via that. And then as I started getting actual money for working for my parents, I would go downtown or to various comic stores like that I would discover in around, you know, the, the place where I lived and just started buying, like, more independent titles and just getting into more kind of, like, the like the more mature titles. Like, you know, at the time, like, we're talking the 80s, so, like, this is when, like, Frank Miller is coming out with The the Dark Knight Returns, and Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons are coming out with Watchmen, and Al Moore had done Swap Thing before. So, like, and then, you know, from those kinds of titles, you're exploring, like, first comics and, and um, you know, who else is Eclipse Comics and all these independent publishers, Hispanic graphics, Love and Rockets, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just, like... I've been lucky that I've also had like lots of jobs working for comic book retailers. Like I spent like close to like a decade working for a comic book store. So I'm like you know the, the discount was like fifty percent, basically cost. And it's like what the hell. Think I'm not gonna take advantage of that? Of course I am. The thing is now I'm cluttered. My life is just cluttered with fucking comics. That it's like you know a lot of these I'm probably gonna get rid of at some point, but I'm gonna keep a lot of my trade paperbacks and and hardcovers because like I I will reread those and I like the idea of having those displayed on like a bookshelf and stuff
1: see i've recently been big on getting like the hardcover editions like it happened with um i bought one of the like the power ranger books um it was just, it was a hardcover edition and i was just like all right cool let me let me just buy that and th- i don't know there is just something like i i like the, the regular trade paperbacks as well but there's just something about like having like the big hardcover because even like the the house of x that i i mentioned i got like i was randomly at like a. Uh, there's a store it's called disc replay here which just sell use the movies but occasionally some of them will have like toys and and books and stuff and i never look at the comic book collection because it's always just like shit it's always just things nobody wants like i'll like, i'll sit there and i'm like oh no like it's just it's never anything good but this one specific location that i went to had a house of x brand new sealed hardcover and so i had to get it and like yeah i don't know it's just for me there's something like I don't mind spending, like, the extra few bucks, you know, on on getting, like, the hardcover.
0: I'm big on, like, um, the omnibuses that Marvel and DC put out of entire, like, storylines and stuff, and, like, that's where a lot of my money goes every week. It's like, I order it through work, or if we can't get it through work because Marvel's, like, shit about, like, keeping things in print, I'll go to, like, you know, like, online sellers and think, oh, oh, I need that one, I gotta get that one, or if it's completely out of print, I will resort to eBay, and I, I kind of, like, put a moratorium on eBay for myself right now because, like, shit, I, I spent so much money on these out-of-print omnibuses that it's it's, it's a little ridiculous. Because, like, eventually Marvel will reprint these, like, get a new printing out, and I should just wait for them to come through work because it'll be way cheaper for me then.
1: There's there was a specific uh it was like a Doctor Strange it was you might know the story. I I still have it, like I haven't even opened it because it's still it's like an original packaging. It's uh Doctor Strange and or uh he helps Doctor Doom go to hell to like rescue like his mom's soul or something like that. Um yeah, yeah and like I remember I think it was like Killer Cross who now Karen Cross who told like me and Dave about it when we recorded with him. And it was one of those things where I was just like, that sounds metal as fuck. I have to get it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And I finally found it, like, on eBay. Again, it was, like, brand new. So, like, it's it's still rap. It's, like, been a while, so the rap is kind of, like, deteriorating. But, like, And part of me is like, you know what? I'm eventually just going to, like, you know, unwrap it and and read it myself. But I very much get what you mean, though, with, like, eBay because like a lot of people just want to get rid of their shit too especially with like comic books like I, I bought the entire saga series just someone was selling it I got it dirt cheap like I this person didn't know like I think it was maybe like 40 bucks for like nine books or something like that and I'm just like there's people selling like individual books for 10 12 bucks so I was just like oh fuck yeah like I, I was conv- I was almost convinced to like I was just gonna receive like a box of rocks and you know this person stole my money but like dave i know you're you're much more of like a um like not like i know with video games and movies and stuff you're not really like a physical media kind of guy right
2: yeah i mean i'll tell you when i was younger i was much more into having copies of comic books like uh like one of my earliest memories of like when my uncle was still around was his best friend would come over And like in Chicago, there was a store called Titan Comics, and he would go there and just buy like a couple 25 cent, you know, copies of whatever out of a long box that they had in the back. Mm -hmm. And he would bring me like Dracula stories and some of them weren't very age appropriate, but they really like got me into it. And then eventually I would go to Titan Comics on my bike. I figured out where it was. And I remember just going in there and one, just being amazed that people could live like this, like, wow, you could just like own a comic book store and sit here and play with PVC figures and stuff. And then like some of my oldest memories at a comic book shop is going all the way in the back and trying to sneak peeks at the heavy metal books that they had <laughs> <laughs> You know, all the, like all the naked chicks in there and stuff. But, um, as I got older, one, I, I didn't keep my comic books in very good shape cause I read them and then I would like put them in a stack and stuff. I, I didn't really keep them in boxes or board them or anything. And then, um, I think I really stopped reading like physical book, like issues probably right around, um, night's end, which was like when Batman got his back broken and stuff by Bane. And by then, like they, you had to buy so many different issues for different stories that were in different lines that it just became kind of out of my interest level. But now like I love having an iPad and I love having like comic zeal or, you know, I, I know a lot of people do comiXology and you can just download them directly to your iPad and just sit there and read them. And I I know it's not the same thing as reading like a trade paperback or, you know, like I'll like I get hard covers of like dark Knight returns or V for vendetta or Watchmen, things like that, like real seminal Works of art, but it's very rare that I'll get an actual physical book. I've been doing that with the Ronin Ninja Turtles series, um, but I haven't been reading them like that. I've been reading them on my tablet. So, Wh- oh, okay.
0: sorry, can I just say, Dave? You know, like I, I'm actually a big proponent of digital comics because, like, as you guys mm-hmm. know, I used to live in Japan, right? And I've yep. I recently come back to Canada, but like in Japan, there was like no way I was going to spend the money. Or, yes. or waste of space in my small apartment of like collecting physical comic books. So like my solution yeah. was like, oh, I'm gonna go dig- the digital route. And like I have like so many, so many, so much fucking comics on <laughs> my <like>, fucking <laughs> hard drives. I have like like I have a bunch of external hard drives, like primarily for for comics, but like also for films and and for my music collection as well. But it's like I have the equivalent of like twenty fucking terabytes in my house. I think.
2: Oof. Well, and that's the, that's the thing too. It's like you, you know, you were talking about getting those old out of print, you know, hardcover copies, and a lot of times it's hard to just find like a physical copy. So to be able to catch up on like maybe like a mental backlog of things that you like, Saga, uh, Berner was telling me about Saga, and he's like, you should check it out. You'd love it. And then like I downloaded a bunch of them. I haven't read them yet, but um, you know, I would have, I would have have been able to go from store to store looking for issues i just wouldn't have had the time and i wouldn't have the inclination you know
0: can i just say like so i i have a plan when like shit get back to normal like you know first thing i'm gonna do like one of the first things i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go visit my friend joey bay over in st louis and, and stay and, and berto you know like you know about uh you know Joey Bay. he's he's this quiet one in mm-hmm. our chat group but he, he's a huge wrestling fan, huge independent wrestling fan. So what what's going to happen is I'm going to go fly out to St. Louis. I'm going to hang out with him in St. Louis a bit. And then we're going to do a road trip to Chicago to see like some um, you know, f- freelance wrestling over in Chicago and so maybe some AAW, whatever, with, with you guys. And then I'm going to ask you guys to take me on a tour of all the good comic book stars in Chicago.
1: Dude, I so it, I so oh, first off, of course yeah fuck yeah like i love yeah. i love when people from out of town come just because like it gives me like i was having this conversation We're, uh, i was having it with uh mike murray actually yesterday like uh in our, in our group chat where there's so much stuff to do like in the city that i i've never done just by virtue of like well it's always there you know like the opportunity to be a tourist and do touristy stuff is like it's something that i enjoy but like I'm like, I just, I haven't done it. Like I remember I felt bad the first time I went to Toronto and Raiden and Davey are like, all right, what do you want to do? You want to you do this? You want to do that? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I just, just I just really want a bite to eat. You know, like I'm very much like, Hey, we can do touristy stuff. That's fine. But also like, ah, I'm cool. Just chilling, you know, like just normal everyday stuff. But th- there's like a decent selection of comic book stores here, like in the city. But it's one of those things that like, I remember like being younger is that there was there used to be a lot more comic book stores and arcades like there was a lot of them especially like in the area that i grew up in and again it was like one of those things where like my mom was you know my mom wasn't gonna take me to like an arcade at like six seven years old um just because like i don't know it wasn't her thing but there's also like a lot of comic book stores um there's one specific one that like i used to always drive by and it's no longer there but i just always remember that like on the outside it was there was, like, four wooden panels, and they were painted. One was the Magneto, uh, one was Wolverine, the other one was Hulk, and the last one was Spider-Man. And I remember, like, when I first got my driver's license, and I could, you know, I was just like, all right, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? That was, like, one of the first places that I drove to. And I remember, um, fuck, I forgot what, what the book was at the time that was out. I don't even it was some Avengers title. But, like, I remember, like, going there, and I was just like, oh, like, do you have it? And, you know, the guy kind of just checked, like, no, we don't have it. He's like, but I think this, this shop over here might have it. All right. So I drive to this other one. We, we just sold out, but like, oh, one of my buddies over here. Had, and, you know, so long story short, I was just kind of going around different comic book stores. And like, I know like you guys mentioned, you guys like, you know, the, the availability of just, I can download it now and watch it. But like, I'm very much someone who I will, I would love to just go store to store and just look at the different things that they have. Cause, um, i don't know you know there's just to me it's like something fun about it something fun about the, the chase because it's also there's um i mentioned discrete plays another place it's called half price books which it's just that just you know used books and like i i like going to their it's like different locations there and checking out the different comic stuff that they have as well because like there's some hidden gems sometimes you know and so i i again like i i very much do enjoy like just going around and you know, finding different things. But yeah, man, when you make your way to Chicago, like, I'm gladly showing you all these little, like, hidden gems all because.
0: Right. All right. So, so the plan is then okay, so comic book stores, as many as we can find in the city and maybe out in the suburbs, uh, uh, independent wrestling, the good stuff, hopefully. I don't want to see any of this meme bullshit. Sorry, all <laughs> oh, you meme wrestlers in Chicago. I don't want to see, you know what? I'll just go to the concession stand, maybe, or something. And then the good food. You know, I'm big. Food fans that like take me all the good food places. What's that place where they insult you as they serve you food? Take me there.
1: Uh That's mo- that's just most restaurants in Chicago. Yeah,
0: that's a restaurant.
1: <laughs> no, <in Chicago. laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, there's two specific ones. See, that's always, that's one of those things too, where like um when bringing like so when when uh John and Way came here for the first time along with Brayden and Davy, I wanted to take them to. Uh, there's this pizza place. It's called Pequots. Really good, like deep dish pizza. Uh, it's yeah, it's my favorite. But it was, like, all-in weekend, and so everybody was there because I remember um, calling them to get a table, and they were like, yeah, some wrestler told everybody to come here, so it's just packed because that day was the, the CM Punk signing, and everyone was like, where should we go for pizza? Where should we go for pizza? And so everybody went there. And so I remember, like, us going to drive to, to go there, and I uh, it was, like, Way or someone. They were like, oh, it's packed. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And, you know, the good thing about Chicago is there's no shortage of pizza places. So I was like, all right, well, let's just go to this other place we go to we go to lose it's packed there and i'm like oh i'm like well there's a mexican restaurant across the street let's just go there and it was just some random place i'd never heard of awesome fucking tacos like really excellent food and it was like one of those things where i was like oh if these other two places hadn't been full like i i again had driven by that place hundreds of times would have never gone in if it wasn't for like oh these poor canadian boys are so hungry i need to feed them um but yeah like i like i know like i'm a big fan of ramen like whenever i'm over there in toronto um i'm always just like yo take me to go get ramen especially because like there's just a lot of ramen spots by where by where the bde is but i mean listen there there's no shortage of food places dave and i can can take you you know oh. dave and i don't oh,
0: but i want i want some of dave's barbecue man
1: yeah no dude oh. <laughs> there's this place called smoke i i've actually not been there myself i don't know if you have you been there yet dave um i have not but that pla- that place it's like it everyone's always like posting their like videos and pictures of them going there and i'm like oh that looks so good like i know when when i when i was younger i worked across the street from some barbecue place i was like right across the street from like the movie theater we worked at, and it was one of those things where um like if you worked the concession stand you were fucked because like people would just be exiting like through, through the one door and just like the smell of barbecue would always come in and you're just like oh or, like that smells so good but it wasn't like a restaurant, like a restaurant where you go in there and like, oh, hey, let me get this like meal to go or something like it was you had to get like a giant portion of food. Um, so I never did. I, I ate there a few times, but never it wasn't. We're like, oh, I'm going to go there. On my lunch break does anyone want anything. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Definitely some food places we can we can take you there. Um so normally at, at this point in the podcast Dave and I you know we'll we'll sit here and we'll talk uh you know some Falcon and Winter Soldier I, I just listened to your review of it yesterday um so some of it might be a little bit rehashed for you but um let's let's talk some Falcon and Winter Soldier because again like it is a show that initially when they announced it like I, I look forward to anything Marvel does you know they can literally do anything i believe it was uh the podfather uh brother nate milton like he posted like you could put you know he was like you could literally just have like b-roll footage of things playing as long as like the marvel titles attached to it it'll probably be better than like most things and um i very much feel the same way and but like with falcon and winter soldier i was much more excited about loki and uh wandavision when they announced it but since day one, like I've loved every episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, specifically this last one because of like how great Baron Zemo was. Um, Dave, what were your what were some of your thoughts on, on this week's episode?
2: Um, you, I talked. To, I I actually watched it uh, this morning, and so my brother came over and he goes, ah, "This one was this one was a real slow burn, and it was it was one of those filler episodes." It's like really. And then I watched it, and I was like, "No, it was great." Like, um, I really liked Baron Zemo, kind of pushing Winter Soldier closer to the edge, and and like he he even mentions it in the episode. He's like, he's like, "Wow, it didn't take much to get him back to that old place," and like, you just watch him wrecking people in that bar, and what was it, Madripoor? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was great. It was it was nice seeing Sharon Carter again, um, and I thought it set up a bunch of pretty interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was awesome. I, I really kind of liked seeing Winter Soldier kind of walking that fine line of like, you know, he's going through this tour of redemption, but also maybe there's a part of him that kind of likes being that like killing machine, or maybe not likes it, but like it, he's so good at it that uh, that's going to be hard to shake for him and just having him do that stuff and having Baron Zemo like, Hey, you can't break character. Go kick that guy's ass winter soldier. (laughs) And then he had to do it, but like he was so efficient at it. It wasn't, it was like he didn't lose a step at all. Um, I thought that's great. and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what, there was a couple times during this episode where you're like, Oh, Baron Zemo is going to fuck off and, and ditch them. This is, you know, this is where he peels off, but he stayed, he stuck around so it's going to be really interesting to see what he adds to that kind of team dynamic.
1: Wh, what about yourself? how did How did you like this week's episode compared to the last few?
0: Uh I, I love them all. I lo- I really love this one because I thought it had such a um, great vibe to it that was really separated it from the first two episodes, especially with the inclusion of, of Baron Zemo. And like, I I love that they made him more comic book accurate with the mask. They gave him the title of Baron. And Daniel Brühl, the actor who plays Baron Zemo, just like was like given all this material and he just like ran with it. He's such a great actor. Like I, I've loved him since he was in Inglorious Bastards. I thought he was such a great character in that film. And then when he became Baron Zemo in um, the Civil War, I was like, oh, that's cool. This guy from Inglorious Bastards. So again, he was really good as the, the Machiavellian villain of of Civil War. And then like now he's kind of more not camp but he he's turning it up you know what i mean with the mm-hmm. kind of the the the, the arch villainy of his <laughs> character is that a word i don't know but yeah. i i i love the return of sharon carter and it was great because like we don't have the black widow anymore but we have like sharon carter she's a shield agent you know she was in the cia she's that badass and we got to see that and it was like really cool i was like when i was watching it you know, at 7 a.m. in the morning yesterday or on uh, on Friday. And I was thinking, well, it's really like John Wick. And then I remembered, oh, wait, the writer of John Wick wrote mm-hmm. this episode. And he's going to write next week's episode. So like, to me, it was really great to see like the that the director of the series, who's, you know, Carrie Scullin, she's directing every episode of the series. She's adapting her directing style to kind of match kind of certain beats of what the story entails and for for this episode she wanted to kind of have a John Wick feel because i think partly because the writer John Wick wrote the episode but also like it kind of called for it i think with like reintroducing Sharon not only into back into the MCU but establishing her as like this real badass and stuff but my big takeaway from the episode was that it's it's another example of how like this the thematically this series is about like what America means to like the world in general, but also particularly to African American people because every episode has something that entails like, listen, America's you think America's great, but for black people, it's not that fucking great, actually. And like every episode has something about that. And this one wasn't as um, as, as I suppose overt it was more subtle with, you know, with the talk between, like, Sam and Baron Zemo particularly, right? Where he's like, where Baron Zemo has the best line of any MCU property, only an American would think a fashion-forward black man looks like a pimp. And then <laughs> the whole talk about the tru- like where Baron Zemo is like talking about oh this is Trouble Man that's a great album because it encapsulates the African American experience <laughs> and like Bucky has no idea really what he's talking about and Sam's just like how do you know so much but sometimes it takes like an outside view to kind of you know um, focus kind of like a looking lens or you know like a magnifying glass on your your own homeland or you know things like that
1: there is something that, like about that where like I specifically like not to get like too political but with the political landscape the way it is there's a lot of like a lot of of that of having to like tell i mean you know as as two asians and a mexican like i'm sure there's a lot of us having to like inform our white friends and like hey no like it is just because it's like a certain way for you doesn't mean like that is that is the status quo for for everybody like specifically for like black people in america you know like there's we we kind of touched on it on the episode with andrew thompson uh or even like the uh, black wall street episode that we did like there is <laughs> pick there pick a thing that you want you know like pick whatever fucked up thing you want that like america did to like black people if you want to just you know focus on like black people like there's no shortage of like fucked up thing that like america has done and very much like because of propaganda and the way it is Like there's a lot of Americans And just again the way the education system is Like you don't know about any of that stuff And like the minute it's brought up It's brought up as sort of this like It's, it's not this like anti-America Like being American is bad Like a lot of people take it as like some sort of slight Like I don't know Like I've never been someone to be like Patriotic I guess in a way. Like I don't know it's like hey it's cool that I'm American But like I don't know I'm not gonna go get like an American flag tattooed on me Um, but there's, and there's people like that and like, Hey, you know, if, if you're listening and and that is how you are, by all means, like that is your thing, you know, like everyone has their thing. Um, but like the way, like these like Marvel shows kind of tackle these kind of things, like, it always takes me back to, um, like you mentioned that Baron Zemo has, you know, one of the best lines. Uh, I would kind of count, that is an awesome line, but I would kind of counter that, uh, um, Killmonger's line in Black Panther where he's like, um, what's the exact line he's like i'd rather die at sea um oh fuck you you guys know the line talking about where he's like he'd rather die at sea like uh his ancestors did because like they knew better something like that like there's like some really like fucked up line that like killmonger says about as it pertains to like black slaves like jumping off of ships and it's like well, this is a Disney movie. Um, but no, d- definitely like, you know, there's certain issues that are just being like brought up and talked about that. Like, I very much appreciate that Disney is like, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Like there was the last episode where like these cops are straight up just bullying Sam. And had he not been an Avenger, like God, you know, God forbid, like something might've happened to the guy. And then the minute that like, um, Bucky has to go to jail, they're kind of just like, Hey champ. All right, come on, buddy. Come on, let's go. You know, as opposed to like this guy was ready to like draw his gun on Sam Wilson for just having a light argument. Yeah, yeah for having a light argument with his pal in the middle of the street because his pal like happened to be white. Um, but no, like I'm, I'm also like, again, just really enjoying like what I'm seeing so far. And like you mentioned like Daniel Burrell, like to me, he's someone uh, like an Oscar Isaacs, so like a Pedro Pascal who he has so many like small character roles um, that. It's not until like you look it up that you're just like, "Oh shit, yeah, like this guy has done a lot." Um cuz like I myself forgot he was in Inglorious Bastards till so someone posted like uh of the clip of a clip of like Inglorious Bastards like uh on, on Tarantino's birthday and I was just like, "Oh shit, yeah, like he was in this." Um And so it, it is it is very like uh cool to see him like be able to just kind of, you know, do a little bit more cuz uh like as cool as he was in Civil War, or in Civil War like he doesn't really, like, do much, you know? Yeah. Like, like at at its core, he is the villain, sure, but, like, doesn't really do much besides have, like, a, a few really good, like, uh, talking scenes. Like, one, you know, with Black Panther that, that uh, I'm a really big fan of. Um, But, yeah, and then, you know what, like, you mentioned Madripoor. Like, uh, over at uh, uh, Post Wrestling, you know, that you guys have uh, the MCU Later Pod, and that was one of those things that you were calling out, and, like, I remember like there's this one guy charles murphy that i follow on twitter i'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all wh um but he kind of like drops scoops every now and then and i remember him mentioning like madripoor um and there's someone that we work with over at the shop her name's maggie she's super big into like the x-men franchise and so she was kind of she was the one that kind of sparked me up as to like what madripoor was um but i don't know if you guys caught it there was like a scene where they were in latvia and there was like uh sign over on the door that was just straight up like it looked like the x-men logo
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah, it did (laughs) yeah that
1: that was one of those things too i'm surprised the internet hasn't ran more wild with it than like they have so far um
0: i think that was like for the, the the military base that uh i think you know you know john walker was visiting to interrogate mm-hmm. the people who are helping the flag smashers or it's the place where like the flag smashers like raided and stole the supplies and blew up later
1: yeah it was no yeah it was that place where where they raided and stole all the stuff uh but no man i like i'm i'm really looking forward to it i uh you guys mentioned that the uh, the director uh he said there's supposed to be like a brand new in- he's some character that's going to be introduced that's supposed to like kind of shake things up and episode five is supposed to be like a real tear jerker. um like part part of me part of me hopes that it's not like another wandavision thing where everyone like and my listen You're my trolling. my yeah myself included like i kind of took paul bettany's like uh troll a little bit too serious um but now this show's fucking fantastic like i'm
0: maybe yeah. it's steve rogers maybe maybe chris evans oh, up in that episode.
1: we'll see so i wanted to bring that up um i didn't leave it in the feedback because i knew i was going to talk to you but like what like what are the odds that steve rogers shows up like i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities right like because there was like a, a few months back where they were like no hey chris evans is back and like there is a precedent in the comics of like oh no hey here's steve rogers and then there's captain america
0: i think it's entirely possible because like i'm, I'm sure if they presented an idea where like he'd you know, Chris Evans doesn't have to like go on a six-month diet and like do CrossFit for fucking eight months, and he can just show up like looking like an old dude and not have to work out or anything like that. <laughs> and he's and he's got like some great material to work with, and a great scene with like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, whoever. Like he'd probably be game for that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. A, I think he's very protective of the character Steve Rogers, where I, I yeah. don't think it would be easy to get him back into the suit. And come back for another movie starring him as Captain America. But I think if you say this is kind of like a, a continuation of the denouement you had in in Endgame with Sam and w- especially with with Bucky now, like I'm sure Chris Evans we read it and think like, this is fucking awesome. I'll do it. I don't have to. I don't have to like diet and and work out for like six yeah. months. Oh fuck yeah! I'll definitely do it then.
2: Well, sp- speaking of you know Steve Rogers as Captain America, the one thing I forgot to mention from my take on this is. Like, you know, when I first started going on forums on the internet, when you know, several, several, many, many years ago, one of the things that struck me as weird was how uh, people from other countries view America. And like, you know, when when you grow up, and you know, there's the Star-Spangled Banner and apple pie and you know, Fourth of July and all that stuff. Um, and you're constantly raised, America's the greatest, America's the best, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And then when you hear other people from other nationalities say, you guys are the worst, it really is like a jarring thing to your system. And so, like, I like that they're exploring that with this new Captain America. Like, he goes there and they're in, they're interrogating the guy that was aiding the Flag Smashers. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he fucking sucker punches the guy in the gut he goes you're gonna tell me and the guy says you americans have turned into such brutes and i think that's like i think it's fair to say that that's a pretty generally accepted sentiment you know in in the world today is that we kind of insert ourselves where we don't need to be and there's a certain brashness and even the new captain captain america says don't you know who i am after the guy spits in his face and he's really He's really taken that character like super seriously now. Instead of like, you know, we saw the episode before, he was like, wow, I really, I really need to honor this and I need to be the best cap. And then this arrogance, this heated arrogance just like flashes out of him for a second. Um, Even Battlestar is like, dude, we got, we got to let this go. We exhausted everything. So it's really. It's really interesting to see how they're exploring how the world views someone like a Captain America, especially not fighting like an American fight. He's just actively going into other countries, you know, looking for something. And I mean, I think there is some some meat on the bones to that sort of story where we're just going where we shouldn't. And we're imposing our will on people that don't want anything to do with us. Um, And you, you, you don't really see that with uh steve rogers as captain america and i think that's kind of our perspective of wow america's great america's full of goodness and we're starting to see the other side with this new captain america
0: yeah i mean with with steve rogers i think we we kind of saw elements of this, these themes you're talking about, Dave, with, like, yeah. Civil War and with Age of Ultron, where, you know, Steve doesn't want to have a, a blanket or, like, a shield around the world, like, like what Tony does, right? That's Tony's yeah. thing. And then, obviously, like, you know, Tony's... I, I would imagine, Berto, that you're like, oh, Tony was right, though, because Thanos came and fucked everyone, in, fucked everyone up in, in Infinity War. <laughs> that would have happened if Tony had his way, but you know, I don't think it would have helped much. Like, Thanos is coming, regardless of whatever happened. But, like, like Steve's thing is that like he wants he doesn't want to be the police of the world. he wants to be the kind of a guardian like he right. like without being like imposing legally imposing America's will across the world but like if they need if someone if some country needs help, he's willing to go there not as right. not as a cat America but as like a hero as like Steve Rogers, who just happens to be wearing the cat America costume like yeah. for me, like the character the character that is appealing to me is Steve Rogers. It's not captain America. Like if you, right. if you had cap, if you had Steve Rogers in his comic where he's, he's back to being nomad or just calling himself the captain and he doesn't look anything like captain America, and he's just doing shit, but he's still Steve Rogers. I would totally buy that comic. You know, like you put captain America, you put like some, like some, you put John Walker back in the captain America comic. I'm probably not fucking reading that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Cause there's just something, you know, his character flaws are really showing through Um, and there is something to be said about that old, you know, the greatest generation, their ideals and stuff. And yeah, there was a lot of fucked up stuff going on there, but there was less of, a. don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but like what, what we're seeing with, uh, yeah. John Walker is, is less, I want to be a guardian. I want to do what's right for our, our world neighbors. And it's more of, you're going to do what I need to do. You know what I mean? And, these guys are like, fuck off! Get the fuck away from me! And instead of like, oh, it's Captain America, and I think uh, I think that's part of what we're seeing. You know, especially in America today, is like there's some real hardline, nationalistic, jingoistic people that are like, what? You don't want to be like America? What's wrong with you? And you know, they just can't see the forest for the trees in this instance. So it's really cool to you know they, they're touching on uh what the black experience is in america and they're also touching on what the world experiences america as you know as we kind of push our way through uh you know the world agenda
1: i (laughs) there was one time where uh like i was kind of having it was like on a first date with a girl which wasn't going that well to begin with which is why i was just like (laughs) i don't care i'm gonna fucking say whatever i want but there was like the, the the this kind of conversation came up talking about like how a lot of Americans specifically like view themselves as, you know, we're like the best when it's just like, dude, America is so ghetto. Like, oh, we're so like, oof, don't even get me started. But like, I remember her kind of like bringing up she had people in her family that have served in the military and like all, and I was just like, listen, I was like, I serve crack before I served this country. Like, we have son, we have done so much fucked up things that like. We don't even acknowledge, and it's just—it's so weird. Like again, it's—and hey, listen, if you or some someone listening right now, like you're like, hey, I take offense to that because someone in my family served. Like, hey, man, props to them. I myself would never, you know, I would never sign up and and do anything for this country um but like wh you kind of mentioned like you being more a fan of captain america as or steve rogers as opposed to the captain america character and like with civil war specifically like it's one of my favorite marvel movies at, because i get both i get both sides you know it's like i get what tony is saying and i get what captain america is saying and there's that's why like in endgame the one scene where like tony comes back and like you know he's talking shit to steve and he's like no like this is your fault like this is all because of you like it's one of those things where like hey man both people kind of make a point like would the avengers have been more prepared if they hadn't broken up maybe but like at the end of the day like thanos was still gonna fucking show up and wreak havoc you know regardless um but they're like again this is i i always rewatch civil war and i'm like man it is pretty compelling because like like Captain America has like a point, you know? Like this guy was around like around World War 2, so he's kind of just like listen like you guys might have read about this thing but like I was fucking there like I do have like there is something to say about like hey maybe we should listen to the guy and even then like signing the Sokovia accords like really like in hindsight what did they, you know, didn't serve much of anything because like the world still went to shit we were still ill-prepared when the, you know we as if i was fucking there like the world was still ill-prepared like when you know real shit when shit starts to hit the fan um but yeah man like I, I, again it's just if they bring back like steve rogers to tell some like steve rogers stories like i'm i'm with it like i'm there like i i do i i want to go back and rewatch that first captain america movie because I don't really remember much of it like Captain America to me was a character that I was kind of like Superman was just like and goody two shoes I didn't really care but it wasn't until they started like incorporating him more into like these other Avenger movies and um you know Winter Soldier fucking oh just chef's kiss of a movie like it's so good that's when I kind of started to come around to him and like by the end of it I was i was i would have been okay like i i always say like i i kind of wish it would have been steve who passed a, who you know who dies in an end game just so that we could have gotten like tony stark as head of shield you know bring back shield kind of do that stuff but i, I mean kevin feige clearly knows what direction i are going with um but like yeah you know by the time Game comes around and i'm just like man like this guy when he like he is sitting there ready to fight off thanos's entire army and he's just like all right I can do this all day and you're just like what like dude what the fuck so very much a, a big fan of Steve Rogers and like if there's any chance of him coming back which I'm I'm almost positive he will cameo at some point um but like that's gonna be fucking awesome I'm, I'm calling it now. Like, I know a lot of people were like Mephisto showing up or, uh, Magneto showing up. Even me, I was bracing.
0: It's Mephisto Mephisto as Steve Rogers. What?
1: Oh Oh, God. God. That would would have been amazing. Um, but kind of just like, just move away from, from, uh, the Marvel stuff. Like at, at least for now, um, another big thing dropped this week and WH, I don't know if you watched it at all. Um, but I'm of course talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Like, uh, did you, did you have any interest of in that? Did you watch any of it?
0: No, I well, I haven't watched it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of like actually that uh, Godzilla Kong universe. That, uh, is, it, is it Universal Studios. That, that yes, doing it like that they've established. Like I I love Skull Island. I thought that fucking movie was great. I went into that thinking that's ah, gonna be trash, but it'll be fun trash. And I come out of that. I was like, that was really well done. The story was good. The acting was good. And and I liked the the first Godzilla movie that Universal did was okay. I liked the second one a lot. I thought that was really really well done and I'm looking forward to watching this um but I haven't had a chance yet but like maybe maybe when we uh, you know finish this call I'll be uh, going to my sources.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I like I agree with you with that Kong movie. Like I I hadn't watched it and then I went to Universal Studios where they had like the Kong ride and um it, like myself and it was like an ex-girlfriend at the time we went on it just because it was the shortest wait like i, know, I was just like all right fuck it come on let's go ahead and get on this and it was such a fun ride that i was like all right you know what like let's give the movie a shot when, when we get back home and like i loved it um part of me wishes that there would have been a second one just because like going into this movie like without getting like into, into too much like spoilers and stuff but like it almost felt as if there was a movie missing that i hadn't seen because um like the kong skull island takes place in like what like the 70s yeah
2: i think so yeah
1: right around like vietnam yeah and so you like none of those characters come back by virtue of it's like it's been 50 years or whatever um and i almost kind of felt like cheated because of that cause, like you're introduced to like uh i think it's like rebecca hall and she's like his taker and it's it's like was was one of those things where i was like wait okay i'm like I, you know the godzilla stuff makes sense because i've seen the last two godzilla movies but like huh i'm like it, it or, like i felt that this movie would have or at least kong's story would have like better started with um having another kong movie in there um but i mean you know whatever i get it like that first kong movie didn't blow everyone away so they were they really weren't gonna just jump into making another one um but like dave wh- wh- how did you feel coming out of it because i know you watched it right
2: yeah so again i'm, I'm gonna try and not spoil anything but like i've been like a big godzilla fan since i was a kid and because of that i've sort of had some sort of weird bias against king kong Um, And I I even know, like, in Japan, like, I I believe Godzilla was, like, an answer to King Kong. Like, they were like, oh, let's get another monster just like that. And then they even got, you know, filming rights for King Kong, and they would put King Kong in movies with Godzilla. Um, I, you know, in our house, pretty much my wife was the only one rooting for Kong, so, uh, you know, we, we were going back and forth in the movie. Um, I thought it was great. So, some of the, some of the critique that people had was like, Oh, it's, it's mostly like monsters fighting and not much else. It's like, yes, that's exactly what people want from this movie. So like, if you were looking for some, some big Kaiju battle, like it, it really, uh, it was really nice and I was really worried too. And once, once we started getting into some of the action i was like oh everything's gonna be fine and it was like it it was a spectacle in all the best ways there was some silliness and actually i could have done with like a lot less of the human stuff in there but um yeah it definitely delivers and like you get you get a little bit of something like if you're a kong fan if you're a godzilla fan you know you won't feel slighted at all so um very highly recommended and i i kind of wish i saw it in theaters instead of on hbo max because it's definitely one of those movies where uh you should see it on a gigantic screen (laughs) so but it's it's definitely good
1: i definitely enjoyed the uh the podcaster uh uh mini story going on like there's a brian tyree uh hill i believe um is his name he's playing a podcaster and i was just like oh hell yeah oh yeah you know i was like finally someone to represent me on uh on the screen um but i, I was pretty bummed out like um ha- have either of you two seen uh hunt for the wilder people
0: no
2: taika watiti i've film? seen parts of it i've seen parts of it Yeah. so
1: the boy he the, the boy his name is uh julian dennison he's also uh he's a little boy in deadpool 2 like
2: yeah
1: he like he is a, i can say a hundred percent he is the funniest person in that whole cast and the whole cast of of, of Godzilla, of Kong versus Godzilla. He's the funniest person, and they kind of just like
2: well, the same kid because I didn't think that was
1: him. Yeah, not the same kid, and he kind of just did nothing. Like he was like, "Oh, I'm the annoying Kiwi friend." Like that was his role, and I'm just like, "What are you, huh?" Like
2: I, I, yeah. So I, I thought they, I thought they cast someone that looked like him. Like they were like, "Oh, like I was like, that's a low rent version of that kid." I didn't realize that was the actual same kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was him. I mean, he's like a little older now but no like he was in that and that was that was one of those gripes that i had where i was just like what like what are you doing like this guy like and i get it like you don't go to a fucking godzilla versus kong film to see like uh the subplot of like yo how funny is this little you know this little fat kid um yeah but yeah no i don't see like i (laughs) think you you guys might shun me because i know you guys said you're godzilla fans aside from the the last two godzilla movies that came out the only other one the only other godzilla film i'd ever seen was uh the matthew broderick one oh, oh like? That.
0: Oh yeah like i i like that as a monster movie not as a godzilla movie mm-hmm. yeah because there's fun things about it like as a guy directed Penn state Roland emmerich right so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like it for its spectacle and i like the cast in it but do i think that's a gut no it's 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 like a fucking it's like a radioactive fucking jurassic park that with like yeah you know, pregnant fucking you know, Velociraptor giving birth to many Velociraptors that fight people in Madison Square Garden. I mean, I can enjoy it on that level, but do I think that's a Godzilla movie? Uh, hell no. Well, I, I even think
2: Roland Emmerich, has, he's done interviews since where he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't care about Godzilla. <laughs> this was the movie I wanted to make, and I, whatever. So, like, you could tell he wasn't very ingrained in, like, the the mythos of Godzilla. But, yeah, I mean... From what I know, I, I believe in Japan they just call him Zilla because they he's just a bitch to, like, the whole Godzilla line. <laughs> like they no, said, they, his
0: name in Japanese
2: put, is Gojiro, right?
1: No, I think he's talking specifically about uh, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah.
0: Well, they call that one just Zilla? I don't know. They like, call no, no no one fucking talks about it, Dave. No one fucking talks about Zilla. it in Japan.
2: Well, yeah, they, they said they call him Zilla because they took the god out of Godzilla, and then, like, he shows up. I can't remember which movie, but like he gets like punked out in like five minutes. He gets completely destroyed. So like,
0: oh, I think it's like one of the Toho ones where they yeah, like, it, it, like Shady I want to say Godzilla or something like that,
2: something like that. Yeah, but like he's not very well received. <laughs> the American version.
1: You know, it, it's funny kind of bringing up like versions of characters that are like that are not received well because there's there's some Batman stuff that I like. I kind of want to get into because I know you guys are you know Batman fans as well. But there's a uh, the new advent the new animated adventures of Batman or something like that. Um, there's this one specific episode where it's like the whole the whole plot of the, the episode is there's like two or three kids telling their version of the Batman mythos, and one is it's again just different versions of Batman. You know, like one is just like uh, Batman '66, other ones like the Dark Knight, and um, at one point like they all the kids are all just telling you know their versions of the story. And at one point in the episode, they're like, "Oh no!" They're like, "What?" They're like, "There's the sh- there's the shoemaker's kid," and they walk by like a, a a shoe store, and this is one kid. and He's just like, "Hey guys!" They're like, "Hey Joe, how are you doing?" You know, and he's like, "I think Batman would be dressed fabulous with like you know like clearly making fun of Joel Schumacher's Batman," and like I know like Brayden and David they recently like reviewed those movies. Again, like my Batman to me i think it's just like the nolan batman by virtue of like i i grew up and like i i saw those other ones and it was just like oh okay that like that was fun but like when batman when they took him a little bit more serious i was like right at that age where i was just like oh fuck yeah like christian bale and everyone has you know their 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 preferences but like to me i'm like yeah christian bale to me is like my batman like what about you guys like i know dave i'm i'm pretty sure i know your answer but like wh who, who's your who's your go-to batman
0: Kevin Conroy.
1: Oh shit, yeah, I forget. I always forget about him. <laughs>
0: uh the the voice of the, the Batman the animated series from like the nineties. I think that's the best incarnation on screen of Batman ever. As far as movie Batmans go, you might be surprised. I think Ben Affleck's fucking great as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> See,
1: I I don't I don't get the I also don't get the Ben Affleck hate. Like I I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Like I like, it bums me out. Like, I understand that he was just like, I can't play this role anymore. Like, it's killing me, like physically, mentally. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Like, I also love, like, Ben Affleck's Batman.
2: And. Can I tell you my problem with Affleck Batman?
1: The Boston yeah. accent?
2: Yeah. No, no, no. It's not that. <laughs> Fucking gas <gassed One>, him. <laughs> he, he, one, he cuts a very imposing silhouette as like very Frank Miller-esque, which is great. I love the costume other than like the shape of the cowl opening. Um, he's a very handsome Bruce Wayne. But like when you think of Batman, or at least when I think of Batman, I always think world's greatest detective. Right. And, you know, they, they, he's constantly looking like a dummy in every movie. like, uh, Gal Gadot goes in and steals shit from, you know, Wayne Enterprises right under his nose or he's looking at Superman and Wonder Woman shows up. He goes, I thought she was with you or Ezra Miller goes, what's your superpower? He goes, I'm rich. And it's just like all this stuff that like he's walking around with Aquaman and Aquaman's just calling him Bruce right in front of everyone. It's just like all this stuff like that Batman just wouldn't do. Um, the other thing is he's too he's too big for the suit and i'll i'll share my reasoning like this like batman begins with christian bale that suit was too bulky and that was because christian bale was built like you would imagine batman in spandex to look like but then you also put on all that urethane over him and he's just puffy looks like a pillow man um I, i think like when you take christian bale in uh dark knight He's skinny, but like now, when you put the suit on, now he's Batman proportions. It's the best looking suit on the Nolan trilogy. So, like, he's too big. He's too dumb. And then clearly, like you could see, he was just not into it. So, um, on paper, he was a great choice, but in practice,
0: not very great. Okay. Can I just say something about Christian Bale's Batman that? I, I like aspects of it. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I look back at those movies, and I – and his voice, Christian Bale's voice, voice. Is, Batman, is fucking terrible. <laughs> you know, it's fu- it's fucking terrible. Like, they he, they should have done the, you know, the Ben Affleck route of, like, having a voice modulator or something. Yes. The other thing is, like, you talk about being the girl's greatest detective. I still don't understand how the fuck he found the Joker using the ballistics bullshit thing in – uh, you know, in fucking Dark <laughs> yeah, third night, you know, like what's the fuck? I saw It's like yeah. this movie makes no sense. And in, in terms of that, like Christopher Nolan just said, you know what? He's going to shoot a bunch of Gatling guns into the wall. And one of them is going to reveal where the fucking Joker is. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make, make, make any sense. sense. Anyway, yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Dave, I really do. But there are things about Affleck's Batman's, his portrayals, particularly as Bruce Wayne, that I really enjoyed. And I like a lot of the aesthetics of um, how he's presented. As like yeah. this brutal fighter, like that, I think has a, I think the the warehouse scene is one of the best Batman fight scenes of all time. I will agree to that, yeah. And the car, the Batmobile chase, and he kills those guys. Okay, I know that's not my Batman either, but still, I I I think that's a great scene as well. But it's Zack Snyder, like I don't. Yeah, I don't expect like accuracy or like the understanding of what these characters are supposed to be like from Zack Snyder. He obviously doesn't know. I just look at these things as like, yeah, it's a Zack Snyder film, which I can enjoy on its yeah. own level.
2: You know, which, which like, uh, well, I see. Like last night, we actually had this very discussion at my dinner table. <laughs> One, like my wife's, like, well, who do you think the best Batman is? And I, I said, the voice of Batman in every incarnation in my brain is Kevin Conroy. Like, when I think of Batman, I think of no other voice. Um, and, like, that's uh, Christian Bale's voice was the dumbest. Like, he's like, it's, it's not what I say, but what I do that defines me. It's just, like, horrible. Like, I don't know what that is. He sounds but like I he has will,
0: a fault. That's what Yeah. like.
2: But I will say, out of all the Batmans, and, you know, to answer your earlier question, my favorite Batman is... Uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, and so... I, huh? No, no, go ahead. No, and he got the voice correctly. Like, all all you got to do is drop your voice. Like, you, if you can't be Kevin Conroy, all you got to do is just drop your voice a little bit. Like, you don't have to put weird gravel in there. You don't have to do half a Godfather impersonation. Um, and for some reason, everyone has a problem with it. But, like, as far as... Like, the way the suit looked, the car, you know, they got some stuff wrong in his portrayal. But, like, to me, like, the most striking Batman movie character would be the 89 Batman.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Buckley Keaton version, but, like, I go back and watch the Tim Burton movies, and, like, they – I can't stand them anymore. Like, as a kid, I loved them, but I, I go back as an adult, and I think – I hate Tim Burton films, and like yeah. this is a Tim Burton film, and this is it's actually not Batman. I think Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder have a better grasp of what Batman is like more than Tim Burton does. That's not to say anything bad about Mike Keaton's performance. I think he's great in that role. Yeah. I think he's a very capable Bruce Wayne, but I think he's much better Batman, which is weird for me because I tend to think you have to be the you have to be a great version of the alter ego exactly in order yeah. to play the superhero. So,
2: well, and definitely retur- returns went. Right off the rails, like Batman eighty nine was great, and then they were like, "Yeah, yeah, keep doing more Tim Burton stuff," and then it just got ridiculous. Like in Batman, well, well
0: it, he playing out his psychosexual fantasies with the Penguin in, in that film, so it's really weird yes. to
1: watch. <laughs> Wh, there was something specifically that you said that kind of like, so I, I don't know about you guys, like I'm fucking tired of people giving like Zack Snyder shit online because it's like the guy l- listen, like the guy makes his movies in his own distinct style. And like people like seem to just like forget that like people like you know like the, the, there's like the comment like oh it's too much like Zack Snyder it's too much like Zack Snyder it's like yeah what the fuck do you think is gonna happen when like
2: it's what's up is the Snyder cut like yeah what what does everyone expect
1: yeah like it's you know like listen the man loves fucking uh, screen flares he loves slow mo he loves Leonard Cohen like
2: and he loves frank miller very clearly yeah.
1: but it's like like listen like i i enjoy 300 like I, I saw 300 a few times you guys know how much i fucking i love that watchman movie and like i watched like the extended fucking snyder cut version of fucking that um but like sucker punch i wasn't the biggest fan of but like you know it, it's fine i that's also one i kind of want to revisit but it's like Zack snyder films are clearly Zack snyder films but like there's i don't know it's like the internet just freaking got that that you know that is how he makes a movie like to me it's almost the same thing kind of like um like i love kevin smith and kevin smith very much like every now and then you get like a tusk or a dogma out of him where it's like there's some kevin smith stuff in there but it's kind of you know he's trying to do something different you know and and for every one of those you get like a mall rats or a jane silent bob and it's like every now and people are like oh like why is why is Jane and Bob fucking reboot the just the same old shit and it's like what do you what do you mean, like this is how he makes a movie like you know and it's I I again I very much feel the same way with, um, with Zack Snyder where it's it's like he just gets this like unnecessary like like people are just going into his films kind of just like already ready to complain like I saw I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for that. um... Th- what is it like land of the dead army of the Dead, wh- whatever new zombie one that he's doing and people were like giving that one guff already and it's like the movie hasn't even come out yet like i think it looks fucking you know i think it looks pretty cool you know like i, I love some dave batista in it um but yeah it was just you mentioned that wh and i'm like yeah like it's that was one of the most annoying things when like reading everyone like everyone's like kind of opinions on the snyder cut because there was some like valid like oh you know i could have used done without this done without that but, like, for every one of those, it was, like, um, well, it was too much. The, like, very Zack Snyder-esque things that's, like, well, th- those are those things are always going to be in this movie. Like, so, you know, like, I don't know what to tell you. Um,
0: can, I, can I just say a, a way to make yourself feel better about people who make those kinds of comments is you can 100% guarantee that they're sitting alone on a Saturday night eating, like, fucking Cheetos <laughs> and just on the internet and have no social life i'm not gonna say they don't have a girlfriend or anything like that or a boyfriend or nothing like that i'm just saying they have no social life at all zero yeah. except for their fucking friends on fucking 4chan and they can go fuck themselves
1: yeah because listen real fucking people with lives sit at home on a saturday night saturday night and watch the fucking three-hour cut of the Watchmen movie because it's what fucking cool guys do but the reason so the reason i even brought up batman is because uh i saw an article earlier in the week that uh, was talking about how um, – because, you know, they canceled a the New Gods movie over at DC that uh, Eva DuVernay was working on. Um, and so apparently they were like, well, what's up with this new Batman movie? And apparently it's going to be set on a whole separate planet. It's on Earth too, basically. It's 2, basically. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so at, at this point, I'm kind of just like, okay – like DC clearly has no idea what's going on with their film of it. You know, like they, they try to like every few months, like, no, 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 it's cool. We got to figure it out. Um, but with that- they
0: haven't know what to do with like adapting their comic book characters onto the screen, whether it's television or films, in a consistent manner since like fucking 1989. They they don't know, and the you know the sad thing is about this is that you know like unlike Marvel, who has the excuse that they went bankrupt, so they had to sell all the rights to their films to stay afloat. This has all been under the fucking Warner Brothers banner since fucking yeah. the 80s, and there is no excuse for not having a cohesive. You know, universe Except like people having their little power plays at warner brothers and dc comics is like no we want the batman properties to be this you can't share it with green arrow you can't share it with you can't have the fucking justice league because we're all fucking have our little camps of like you know like these studio, these you know departments of these studios and things like that it's bullshit it's like they needed like someone like if the, the best thing that like warner brothers could do for their dc projects is try to steal kevin feige away From fucking Marvel, like, and then have him just give him the the free reign. Everything under the DC Comics banner is under is yours to do with as you please. Please make us something that's as good as the MCU. That'll never happen because I don't think Kevin Feige is going anywhere. You know, I think Disney would just be like, "You want stock options? You want own half of Disney? Like, you can do that. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go go to Warner (laughs) Brothers." But you know what I mean? It's it's a mess. I never expect DC to ever be coherent with their film properties or their television shows.
1: And it, it is a bummer, too, because, like, because you mentioned that, like, they have everything there. You, you know, like, there's, like, I remember there was, uh, I believe it was Kevin Smith talked about it. Like, there was, like, a directive over at, like, uh, on the CW shows where I was just like, nope, you can't use Batman, which is just batshit insane to me. Like, you can't use the most popular character you guys own. He should be in every single one of those shows, you know? You can't even show up in fucking Gotham
2: No. Yeah.
1: Like, that's why, like, well, it's. No, go ahead, Dave.
2: No, go ahead. Well, like my my thought has always been one. There, there's a couple problems fundamentally with DC, especially with uh, the characters that they have that Marvel doesn't quite share. Like Marvel always tended to really hedge their bets towards the human side of characters and to make them relatable. And like Stanley was really big on like, oh yeah, Spider Man. He has to have the problems that like a teenager would, and then teenagers can relate. Whereas, like, I think DC is really populated with godlike characters. I mean, even Batman to a certain extent has some sort of like godlike aura about him. Like, he always wins, he always knows exactly what to do. Um, And it's really hard to, I think, relate on some base fundamental level. The other thing is that they hotshotted Justice League so quickly without establishing a bunch of stuff. in in, like they didn't have the patience and the foresight that marvel did um and that's that's actually one of my problems i think with Zack snyder specifically in the dceu like i love all his other stuff but I, i really feel like he has a tendency to throw everything in the kitchen sink into the movie like for instance like he burned up batman versus superman like immediately and that's that's something that like Marvel definitely showed you can you can write out a couple movies and build up the Civil War, you know, after placing the seeds, you know, for several movies. And so, you know, you get like stuff like that and then you get uh, you get like the, the armored Batsuit and then they also give you Batman at the end of his career. And it's really hard once you've painted yourself in that corner to kind of fight your way back out. Like, but once they kind of set that tone, in my opinion instead of maybe emulating exactly what marvel did especially since you jumped the gun so early the thing about dc is you could do so many one-off stories that may not fit like a single continuity you can have like a justice league continuity um and i think their their animated properties do that very well where you'll have like a you'll have a justice league continuity but then they'll do one shots like you could have the long Halloween or Hush, you know, for Batman, and you could even do different Batmans in the same way that they do different James Bonds and, and James Bond films. Um, and I thought like the Joker was a really wonderful experiment where you could do like a one-off story that might not fit anywhere like a puzzle piece. But I don't, I don't think that they have the patience or, frankly, the the brain trust that uh, Marvel does to make some sort of like overarching cohesive universe and i think they they really kind of lost it on
1: that no, i i definitely get what you mean like it's again like t- t- to me from f- f- post avengers one they should have been like all right we're fucking we're building everything and i get it like they approached christopher nolan and like from for all intents and purposes were like here's a blank check you write what you want. he was just like i have no interest i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna i'm gonna go make interstellar or something you know like you you handle this um but like even then like there should have been something and like 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 with batman specifically like i've always been a big proponent of we don't need as many batman movies as we get like especially now that they're like in bed with hbo it's like give me give me a mini series give me like because especially with batman he has such a giant rogues gallery that like use that you know like you can give me ten you know eight to ten episodes of a Batman show that eventually leads into a movie and that'll be fine because there's so much more that you can tell with Batman that like it almost seems it almost seems like a waste to like all right well we're really only gonna get three to four films so we're gonna burn through these characters and I don't know kind of just half ass and like the the Nolan trilogy I guess is almost like the most complete again you know and even then it's like he really only used what raz al ghul talia al ghul joker two-face and bane and even then it's like how well did he really use any of those characters because it was always kind of like juggling back and forth like well there's two villains in every movie um yeah like i don't know it's just i it also but like even with this now where they're like okay that's set like on its own thing and then like they had the success of joker and they're like well that's also its own like universe it's like, all right, well then what like why don't we just why then why don't we just let Zack Snyder just finish off like his trilogy, you know? Specifically if like if what they're saying is like, well this doesn't matter, it's it's its own thing, like to me it's like, well, then hey, let's fucking let let this guy finish off his trilogy like you know because everyone's like well they're making this flash movie i'm not convinced this flash movie is ever happening like they have <laughs> ran through directors they like cast is constantly changing like like the other day they were like oh billy crudup can't play his dad so instead we're getting what's his face from uh office space and it's just like good luck that guy probably won't ever fucking get around to playing you know barry allen's dad like it's just I have no confidence in them. And it's like, like WH mentioned, like there's this constant, just like bickering back and forth between them of like, no, you can't, you know, we have all the toys, but only you can play with this toy. And those people, they can't play with that toy, but they can talk about that toy on their show, but they are just, we're never going to let you play with it. You can allude to it all you want. You can have a show based on this specific toy, but you're never going to get to play with it. And it's just, it's so like ass backwards and convoluted.
0: It's tiring as a fan, like where I, where I given up, like caring about like, like any kind of hope for something Marvel-like to happen with the DC like television film properties, I you know if something comes along that's good. I'll just watch it for its own merits. Like I, I really liked the first like three seasons of Arrow, and I haven't finished it, but you know maybe one day I will. But like I, I never thought of that as anything but as uh, a it's an adaptation of Green Arrow to the to the TV right. screen. Actually, if you really think about Arrow, it's actually an adaptation of Batman with a bow and arrow.
2: Because that's exactly how,
0: like, that's exactly how they write this character. Is Oliver Queen is Bruce Wayne, and Arrow is Batman. It's it's kind of funny when you look at it through that lens. It's like it's actually a pretty good Batman TV show.
2: Well, even down to like Ra's al Ghul showing up. Like, I wasn't a big Green Arrow like fan of the book when I grow up, but yeah, I, I distinctly remember when I was watching the first several seasons of Arrow, thinking this is really they really just made Batman with a bow and arrow.
0: Yeah, no, because most of the villains are Batman villains.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's in a lot show. Of gallery. Yeah, yeah, Which is but, pretty I don't, funny. Well, wh, like, are are you traditionally like at your core? Are are you more of a Marvel fan or a DC fan?
0: I, I'm more of a Marvel person. I I love both. Um, I would say I'm more Marvel oriented these days because I. I'm not a huge fan of, like, what's being published by DC right now. Um, I, they really lost me with, like, the, the new 52, um, and they've yet to get me back fully. Um, there are things that have happened in their publishing line that I've really enjoyed, but overall, I, I tend to think Marvel is more consistent with, with the, mm-hmm. their publishing line. But, like, my first comic book was a Spider-Man, you know, So and I grew up you know, collecting things like, you know, Spider Man, The Avengers, Fantastic Four, Daredevil. Those were kind of my jams when I was a kid starting out. And then it's not like till maybe two, three years later that I discovered my first issue of like say not even Batman, it was like it was like the new Teen Titans where I thought it really grabbed me that comic book because it was the most Marvel like thing that was DC was publishing at the time. And that's what I really liked onto. And then I tried to read Superman and it's like this is like like Superman, of like, they're still stuck in like the, the 60s and 70s with how they published stories for this character. So I'm not into it. And then yeah. Batman was kind of like up and down as well. But like, I think from New times Titans, they went to Batman and then tried to get into other things. But it's not really until like the the explosion of like, you know, fight, like um, Christ on Infinite Earth, where things get like. know dovetailed into one continuity like the multiverse into a singular universe that i'm really jumping on board with with dc and i think they did a lot of great things from like the late 80s up until like the new 52 and and i was a huge fan of both publishers at the time like the 90s were really dark because that's like a lot of shit came out that's where like the rob liefeld you know image art influence came through into mainstream comics and i was just like a lot of that was fucking garbage and yeah. <laughs> and it's not until like the the advent of ri- writers writer-centric comics of like mark wade kirk busiek and, and people like that and grant morrison like came into the forefront of both marvel and dc that i you know that, that i think comic got really really good and i think they've been kind of consistently good since then
1: yeah i like myself like i'm a much more of a marvel guy and like it it, it bums me out because it's like, I know a lot of, like, diehard DC fans, and it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, that's got to suck to see your team losing constantly, just taking L's. And, like, any time it even seems like, you know, oh, they're about to, like, you know, but, to- oh, no, nope, never mind. They fump- they fumbled it, and just now it's all in the shitter again. Like, I, I hope on, like, that at some point we do get, um, because, like, I- and I think because of, like, I don't want to say the failure, but because of the failure of, like, um, these dc movies like marvel is at, at at the position where they're just like hey uh everyone's all fucking cool with it we're doing guardians of the galaxy and they're just like all right go ahead do it cuz like it really at this point marvel can't really like fail like i um like i admittedly had no I, black widow was just not a character i was like a big fan of um and even with a black widow movie like it was one of those things where i'm just like okay like it clearly very much seems like they're just this is just a this is important because it's setting up uh you know the the next iteration of black widow like I, i'd even heard some rumblings of like it's setting up the thunderbolts um and, and so it's just it's one of those things where it's like even if i'm not the biggest fan of it like uh like captain marvel you know like so i'm where bashing all the women i'm bashing on in the mc now um <laughs> like captain marvel like i just i wasn't a fan of it but it was one of those things where it's like okay well i get it like you know it it's serving its purpose and like telling a bigger story and like especially you know it's like hey it did not knock it out the first time of the park but now with like the introduction of like monaco rambeau and you know you have all like the sword stuff like i'm so much more excited for captain marvel too like when you know whenever it does come out um and i just i, I guess i just hope that like dc at some point will just kind of get it together where like i know they talked about um what's his face he did the uh um the star trek movie jj J. abrams jj J. abrams has like like there i saw something that they're like oh he's gonna be put in charge of these films and like sure you know jj J. abrams another like really divisive person but like i love that first star wars movie that he came out with and you know he also did a third one uh but like I, maybe jj J. abrams will be the one who's able to kind of like fix it together for them but i don't know right maybe at they, dc yeah over at dc yeah yeah, yeah. um because yeah. yeah like it, again, yeah, it's like it's, it feels like such a shame that they have all these fucking toys to play with and like like there's still not been another green lantern you know i'm not even the biggest green lantern <laughs> fan but like there's still not since that fucking uh ryan reynolds one there is still not been anything and like that ryan reynolds one was bad sure but like not to the point where like the character green lantern has been put in fucking movie jail for like the past you know 10 years or whatever the fuck it's been
0: i, mean, I don't know I, I sorry go ahead dave
2: i always i always have this like dream that like one we we always constantly hear about like dc's in, you know impending demise um and like there's i always have like this fever dream that disney and marvel will just buy dc and just make everything okay and like even even if they kept them separate and then just you know worked on a DC line of movies and their own Marvel line or if they wanted to combine the two somehow like just like I always dream of the deft hand of the Marvel brain trust really saying we know how to fix this (laughs) let's make let's make some good movies and let's make a whole movie continuity guys and
1: oh I would 100% trust Kevin Feige with that like I was could you imagine yeah like I was not a fan of um, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies but once Andrew Garfield, or Andrew Garfield, once Kevin Feige came in and like, fixed that franchise for all intents and purposes, like, fuck yeah, you know, give me all, give yeah. me all the Spider-Man.
0: Like I said, like DC, you know, Warner Brothers. They should just like offer, like you know, the you know I'm, I'm United States of America's you know gross domestic product to Kevin Feige as, as a as a salary, and just say, fix our <laughs> fix our properties, because yeah. that's what it would take. It would, you know, take the gross domestic product, you know, of, of America itself to, to like get Feige to leave Marvel. I think.
1: Just put, just put him. Listen, just put Kevin Feige in charge of all film all film franchises at this point. Yeah. Um. But W H. Uh, We'll we'll just sort of wind down here. uh Thank you again for joining us on like it's the one thing I I love you know like specifically like even in you know, like our little group chats is like when we start when comic book stuff start to come up it's like you're just a wealth of knowledge like there's just always you always have something to say and it's very much I think why like me and Dave kind of just click with you so much on that because it's like if Dave and I aren't on in front of a microphone recording and kind of uh you know our what is it the like booking the territory per se, uh as far yeah. as like these comic book movies. Like we're doing it just off mic as well. So it is always fun and like especially with like these Marvel shows, all these like crazy fan theories, like um I know some people are like Wolverine showing up and listen, if Wolverine shows up, I will like much like you, I fucking cried at the end of Logan. I cry every time I watch Logan. Um it's i consider that just like a fucking seminal masterpiece um but yeah i'm, I'm very much excited to see what you and way bring to you know the, the mcu later shows because like you know falcon winter soldier is awesome i'm also very excited for that low-key tv show um because i know mephisto is supposed to mephisto is supposed to show up in that as well so you know that'll be a that'll be really fun to hear um with oh,
2: I, I actually i actually wanted to ask wh a question yeah for sure so last time we talked to you you were still in Japan correct and and now you've since gone to Canada what what's the transition back been like
0: Uh it's been a lot easier than I thought it would be um, I yeah. thought I would have a hard time not being in Japan anymore but it's okay you know like a lot of things have been pretty good I got a job right away working at a bookstore that you know Mike Murray as a I name mean, people might have heard you know Berto and i talk about Shout you out know, someone i yeah so we i work there it's fun um we we started letting customers back in like for the last three weeks and yeah that, that's has its ups and downs but um I, I i don't know like i it's good when you get to work someplace with people that you get along with so that's nice um i quit smoking i did a cold turkey i haven't touched a cigarette Congrats. in like almost six months so that's good um I don't ever foresee myself going back to smoking, so that's that's a good thing as well. So I would, don't think that would have ever happened if I stayed in Japan. But that being said, I miss my friends in Japan. I miss the food in Japan. I miss like I, we just had cherry blossom season there. I love cherry blossom season, and I, I I did. We don't have we have one like like set of trees in a park in in Toronto, but I couldn't. I wasn't gonna go because of COVID. So that was tough. But next year, hopefully I'm all vaccinated. But, um, yes, it's it's not been that Dave, you know, like being coming back to Toronto, I think having people I get to see at work who are actually long term friends of mine helps a lot. Um, being with my family is, is okay as well. Like I love my family, but you know, I kind of miss my independence. Like I'm just waiting for like the situation (laughs) where I'm making enough money where I can get my own place and stuff like that. So just waiting that out. Like it's not going to happen during COVID right now, but we'll see what happens with that. But overall, I'm, I'm, I'm okay being back in Canada, being back in Toronto, because it was always my plan to come back anyways. But you know, I will go back to Japan for, for visits and enjoy whenever I do go back there. That's good.
2: And congrats on quitting smoking too. I know that's hard. My wife's tried several times with just, goes right back to it you know like quarantine
0: really helped quarantine just being in quarantine because for me like it was more of a psychological addiction where like i i don't have any psychological triggers being at home in my family house of wanting to smoke so like being here for two weeks straight because i had a quarantine coming back from japan like I had no cravings and then after that 2 weeks I was just like yeah I kind of want one but I don't at the same time cuz I've made so much progress. I think if your wife just finds a space that she has no psychological triggers <laughs> then she she might have a good chance of like quitting if she hasn't already.
2: Well I, I think for her she, you know she was taking I can't remember what it was but um no no actual like physical cravings for cigarettes. The thing she missed most was taking cigarette breaks and the habitual motion of bringing a cigarette, you know, to her mouth. Like there was some sort of like physical habit that like she she missed the ritual of it, I guess. And so that's really what like every time she'll she'll have quit for like several weeks. And then she's like smoking. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I just I just kind of missed doing this action. So
0: I don't know. No, I get it. I didn't. But I like, you know. Like, I totally understand, like, if I was at, in a Japanese bar, drinking with some friends, I would totally want to have a cigarette, you It know just I mean? feels natural, yeah. It does, so, like, for me, it's like, I have none of that here, because most of my friends, like, pretty much every one of my friends doesn't smoke anymore, so it's yeah. been easy to transition to quitting. Well, that's good, congratulations.
1: See, I, today, when I went to my parents' house, we were having, we were eating, like, uh, like, they offered me soda, and, like, I... I've gone like aside from ginger ale or uh, like Sprite you know, or, or Sierra mist of Sprite is unavailable. Like those are pretty much like the only ones I drink because like I got bad with like soda, like a, I've mentioned it before. Like there was a, like two years, like two, three years of my life where I was just like, oh, I just, I don't think I want to drink soda. And so I just didn't drink soda. Like there was a group of friends who like just there, you know, I was like, Oh, just water and juices, things like that. And then, i will just always like on and off where i'd be like no I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna drink it anymore and then conversely there'd be months where i'm just like binging it you know where i'd be like at the grocery store and i'm like oh you know minus they're three for 12 might as well get fucking you know all of 72 cans of soda because they're on sale like just not cognizing that like you shouldn't be drinking that much soda to begin with um but again like i've i've kind of just like i've weaned off of it and like whenever like i'm over there they're always like oh here you want some soda you want especially specifically there's this mexican soda called haritos that's uh it's like that's that's one of those things where it's like one it's really good but two it's one of those childhood things where it's like we didn't really have a lot of soda around the house by virtue of my dad's diabetic but when we did it was that fucking soda so when you know and like now they have it because i don't know my dad just better self-control and um Oh, it's like whenever that's around just like oh like if you go to like a Mexican restaurant they typically have it and it's one of those things too where I'm just like oh. and the worst and the worst yeah. the worst with us is that like down the block from us they they made a seven eleven like literally right next door to the shop and so like they always you know like I'll go in there to buy like the ginger ale and if like I ran out over here and it's always like oh hey yeah you can pay you know a dollar seventy five for that ginger ale or you can get this fucking giant tub of coca-cola for fucking 65 cents or whatever it is you know and part of me is always just like oh yeah i should get that giant tub of coca-cola that's only 65 you know and so granted giving up you know soda is uh is not as uh extreme as as, as giving up uh cigarettes but i myself am also proud of UWH wh um, because i don't smoke either i do get i do get contact high though whenever i do go visit canada and uh Visit the BDE because, uh, Brayden really loves to to smoke up.
0: Yeah, no, I, I got, I get the same feeling whenever I visit those two gentlemen. So <laughs> the,
1: the, the last time, and I, 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 I don't, I don't remember, we, we'll wrap up. Don't worry about it. Um, I believe I told, I, I know I've told the union story, Dave. It was like that when I, the first time I went to go visit them, it was, uh, myself and I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop some people in the post-wrestling family It was me Davey Braden uh, Martin Bushby uh, his wife Lisa I believe her name is uh, and Jesse from the six and we were watching a Survivor series and I didn't plan on staying for the show but uh, Jesse made guac and brought some chips and I was like ah you know what I'll stay so stay watch the show the show finishes and I'm like all right I'm like I gotta get I gotta start driving because it's like eight hours and I need some sleep before I get back to work. So I'm leaving. I'm filling up my gas, and I'm just like I I look across the street from me, and there's a Pizza Pizza, and I'm like, man, that sounds so good right now. And I'm like, I was like, let me just let me get a pizza because it's still like two hours till you get like to the border. So I'm like, might as well get some food in me. And I destroy that pizza. And I'm just like, man, I was like, why am I so tired? Like my eyes are so heavy. And I didn't realize I got fucking contact high because they were like hot boxing essentially in like Braden's room. So I'm just like, and I'm like crossing the board and like I get to the board and I'm like, oh no, I'm high. I'm like, can this guy tell that I'm high? And uh, like the, you know, the person at the border is like, oh, are you bringing back anything? Are you bringing anything back with you across the border? And I'm like, uh, I've got some leftover poutine i'm like i'm sorry i was like i can throw it away because i was like so as if this guy was gonna like give me you know stop me and not let me cross the border because i had like poutine with me um but he let me pass and i threw away the poutine because i couldn't heat it up and you know, it, just, it wasn't good <laughs> after a while. Um, but W H, thank you again for for coming on. Where can people, yeah. you know, find your stuff? Find you, um, you know, because listen, W H is an excellent Twitter follow, if, if I have to say. I'm not saying that because you're my friend and because you're here. You are very much. If, if you're into Japanese wrestling, this guy's always, you know, a pretty good suggestion of what you should and and should steer away from.
0: uh well, you can find me on Twitter at W H Park Nine, the number nine. You can find pretty much all my podcasting stuff over at postwrestling.com uh, the long and winding Royal Road my look back at 1990s era All Japan Pro Wrestling which is the greatest era of, Japanese, of pro wrestling of any country in the world and uh, in, in the history of professional wrestling you can find my monthly takes on what's happening in the current state of Japanese wrestling on Post Perez with uh, John Pollock and and we're doing a, now I'm starting to do a second episode every month of that with a rotating guest host so we're gonna have two episodes this this month in April, um, as well MCU later, like the show I did with Wei Tang, where we talk about the, all the stuff, all the Marvel stuff on the Disney streaming gimmick. So yeah, and maybe some other projects are coming up in the future with some with some other people. Things are being hammered out, as as they say. So yeah, but thank you guys for having me on. I I enjoyed talking with you guys, um, and I look forward to being on episode. Um, 1,008
1: in the future. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know if you know this about Dave and I, but we have our own family video store and, uh, we gather at that family video store and record movie reviews. And I know you're a big movie guy yourself. So, uh, we'll definitely have to have you over there as well to, to talk some movies because again, like, as much as uh, we can talk our heads off about comics and shit, we can definitely do the same uh, with movies. Uh, but thank you again, WH. Uh, that's been this week's episode of the PWT Cast for the PWT Cast. Ivan Scrump. This is Steak. WH.
0: Oh, uh, this is WH Park. MCU later.
1: <laughs> and this is uh, WH's uh, best friend, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT Cast. And
0: so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.